Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Nelson, and welcome to PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops, the podcast devoted to all things winter maintenance. The Snow and Ice Cooperative Program, or PSYCOP for short, is one of AASHTO's technical service programs. One of our primary objectives is to share information about winter maintenance, operations, and road weather. Now, looking back over the past couple of years, the pandemic has put a lot of challenges in front of DOTs across the nation. Well, heck, across the world. And while many DOT functions could be accomplished remotely, not so much so for winter maintenance. Keeping the transportation network functioning across the U.S. is critical, and while routine maintenance maybe could slip a little, winter weather did not take a holiday just because of the pandemic. Maintenance operations had to adapt quickly in lots of ways we never thought we could. Now, it just so happens that I know a guy who would be perfect to visit with about this topic. So on this episode, we've got Joe Bucci, State Highway Maintenance Operations Engineer for the Rhode Island DOT behind the mic, to learn about how they adapted and some of the tools that they used to keep the plows on the road and accomplish their winter maintenance mission during those challenging times. Hi, Joe, and welcome to PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops. Hi, Rick. Thank you for having me. Joe, Tell us a little bit about your operation there in Rhode Island. So Rhode Island DOT, Division of Highway and Bridge Maintenance, we have about 250 plus uh, employees overall. And that's a staff of administrative professionals, engineers, technicians. Uh, but the primary group of people are the ones that actually are the boots on the ground doing the work keeping the roads cleared and all of that. So um, we, we handle about 3,300 lane miles, which is a small number compared to a lot of the other states I know, but you know, we're Rhode Island, the biggest little state in the union. Yeah. Well, but, but you're sort of strategically located, right? I mean, things got to go through your state to get right. from one place to the other. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're between Massachusetts and Connecticut and that little section of 95 that we have is the primary connector between Mass and Connecticut and all points north and south of us. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, important stretch of highway. Now, Joe, do you, do you self-perform all your winter maintenance or, you know, you, you, you mentioned a couple of hundred folks. Do you, you augment those in any way or? Yes, we we have um, about 400 winter vendor assets. And I, I say assets, that's plow trucks, uh, loaders, and we also have some specialized equipment. Like they, there's people that have snow blowers attached to big trucks. They have snow blower attachments for payloaders and things like that in the event that we get something pretty substantial that we need to deal with. Mm-hmm. So now would you say, when you say 400 assets, does, is that like one company that you deal with or? No, it's several hundred private vendors that um, we advertise, a, we call it our winter vendor package. We advertise that once every year and it's voluntary. You know, we, we provide, it's, it's all fixed rates and they, they basically put together their trucks in you know, we pay so much for the truck, so much for the for a different size plows, spreaders, um, saddlebags, uh, closed loop systems. We we have all kinds of incentives that can get those rates up, and mm-hmm. we have everything from pickup trucks up to ten wheelers with wing plows. That you know, that's got to be quite a challenge keeping track of all of that. 
And, <laughs> you know, I, I know how, how difficult it was keeping track of a couple of vendors or, or maybe a dozen vendors when you've got that many uh, out there. That, that's got to be quite a challenge administratively, right? Yes. And, and over the years, it's been a it, – it, it was like during the winter, we would get several hundred additional employees that all had to punch time cards and register their vehicles and all kinds of stuff. And it generated – a lot of paper and it generated it, it consumed a lot of staff time just to get invoices paid mm-hmm. at the end of every storm so so how, how do you coordinate all those folks I, I mean you is it sort of up to each crew or or each area's responsibility yep. to bring people in when they need them or yeah yes how, how we, they- we have seven maintenance districts throughout the state and each one of those maintenance districts has um, you know, their own organizational structure and they solicit vendors themselves as well as us advertising it. Um, it was primarily in the newspaper years back, but now with the advent of social media, we, we put things out on social media, soliciting vendors. We use uh, the normal, the regular media outlets, television, radio. Um, and it's been difficult the past, since the, the, during the pandemic, you talk about struggles. One of the things, it's not just, it's not just us that are having problems getting CDL drivers, us meaning the DOT. Um, we found that we've vendors will register 10 trucks with us, but they may only have five drivers. So they're having, they had difficulty getting people too. So this, this past winter was a the past couple of winters actually were, were a pretty big challenge um, to get our roads <laughs> taken care of because it was, you know, 3,300 lane miles doesn't sound like a lot, but when you got to clear it and keep it safe for the public, it gets difficult. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> now, now all of those, all of those uh, different assets, the, the plows and, and so on, do they bring their own materials with them? Do they, is there like a salt and abrasive contract that goes with those? Or is that something that you provide those folks? We provide it. So every, every year or we, well, not every year, they, um, the state of Rhode Island Division of Purchases, the Department of Administration Division of Purchases, will they do a reverse auction for winter materials, and um, we have had a lot of success with that. They they started that maybe six years ago, so we're in our second, and they do three year contracts. We're in our second round right now. Um, the first time they did it, we had the lowest salt prices in the country. We were really? like it. Yeah, we, we were about 50 it, it ranges because the delivery locations matter. Um, we've got about 25 stockpiles throughout the state. And um, the cost was it, it takes into account the cost per ton takes into account the travel time from the supplier. But we were in the in the 53 to 55 dollars per ton delivered. Wow. Um, back then, um, this this past contract with supply chain issues and everything coming into play. Now we're up about close to 80. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still not horrible, but, you know, it's a significant increase from what we're used to. Right. Now, now the reverse auction, you, you started at a, at a fixed price and then instead of them bidding up, they <clears throat> bid down. Yeah. So it's it's kind of. 
it's kind of like eBay in reverse, right? So we put out a spec that says we're going to contract for, you know, so many hundred thousand. I think our minimum guarantee is 75,000 ton um, with an average. We're well over 100,000 tons a year. And, and then based on that, you know, they'll, they just bid. And there's a, there's a clock that's ticking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just it's funny. I don't see them, but the buyers tell me like it doesn't start really heating up until it gets down to the those final few seconds. And it just, you know, they'll come down. All right. I'm going to beat Rick by a penny. And, <laughs> it, you know, and, and it gets to that point. So it it creates competition amongst the suppliers. And, uh, it, you know, it, we've had a lot of success with it. Well, that's that that's really that's really cool. That's interesting. Um, but. You know, circling back, you you have all of these private contractors that are out there that are drawing from your stockpiles. You've you've got each one probably has its own gets their own check, right? So when you talk about the administrative overhead to manage all of that, and and they're using your materials, that has to be accounted for, and all. I I, I think that you know, like, how do you get your arms around all of that? I mean, like yeah. you say, that's a ton of paper, right? It 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 is. It was, um, but a couple of years ago, and this is this is a you you let off with the typical Rhode Island thing, right? I know a guy. Um, this was actually this was actually in the reverse of that. How we we have a um, a new app that we use to manage our winter vendors now. And it's called Storm Manager, and it was the the it was kind of a like I said a typical Rhode Island story. It was a friend of mine that knew these guys that had a product, and they the, the it started out as a a utility company product to manage storms and, and emergency events and things like that. So they wanted to branch it out into other things. So, mm-hmm. you know, they asked if I would, my friend asked me if I would sit and listen to these guys and help to guide them to different areas. Like we deal with a lot of contractors and um, things like that. And so tree vendors and stuff. So I said, sure, you know, I'll talk to anybody. And yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we went, I met with them and they're talking, they're telling me about the product and, and and my initial thoughts were, okay, who could use this? Who could use this? And as they're going through it, I started asking them questions like, can you track <laughs> any vehicle? I'm like, yeah. Huh. And what about registrations? And so I'm asking these things and it dawned on me that, hey, wait a minute. If you can modify this thing, it would fit what we do for winter and it could automate that process, make it streamline it a lot, eliminate stacks and stacks of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how it began. And, and they, we were the first state in the country to get this product and it was tailored to us, which being small, it was kind of a benefit for that because we were able, we're able to, to move quickly, pivot quick. And we don't have mm-hmm. a lot of, it's it's not a heavy lift for us to get things done like that. Um, yeah. Now, so this, this, this was, app is it like a 
like a smartphone app or yes on the yes it, that's exactly or? what it is it's every every vendor is now required to have a smartphone and it can be it, you could get a track phone as long as it just has to be a smartphone able to download the app um, they're required to have it it they download the app they enter in information um, you know the vehicles the driver and it tracks the vehicle on our GPS only while they are running. While we're paying them is the only time that it tracks them. Um, and if in the middle of an event, if it's a long-term deal, say it's a 24-hour storm and the vendor only has their drivers go every 12 hours, they could switch out the driver. They could sign in on their own smartphone and just put oh. that vehicle registration in there and, and it's tracking them. Just so pick up right where they left off, huh? Yeah, exactly. And then um, so we can set geo fences up around our stockpiles. We can put um, their plow routes are marked. And so they, it, it's a it's a really helpful tool to know. With, we have closed loop systems on all of our trucks. Mm-hmm. So we can go to a map and we can see where our fleet is during the entire event. This app allows us to do that same thing with our vendors now, something that we never had. So, um, you know, getting back to the, the problem with resources, we've said, okay, and we have cameras and RWIS and, you know, all the typical stuff that helps us track and monitor the condition of our roads. And so if we have a secondary road that we know is in pretty decent shape and we need help on, a, on an interstate or a limited access highway, we could reassign those vendors to another plow row. Um, you know, and it's, it's really helpful. I'm not going to say it, it wasn't without, we were, our initial plan to roll this out was to have 10 vendors. We were going to do just a very small sample, 10 vendors with, um, I think our minimum was five assets registered with us, trucks, loaders, whatever. Um, and we were going to do a pilot. And that pilot involved training, in, in-person training and all of that. And we couldn't do it because of COVID. Oh, so, so, we you, were, so you were like, <clears throat> wanted to get started, COVID hit and. Yep. And so we, we were unable to gradually get into this. We were going to take one winter. The first COVID winter was going to be that winter where we had this little pilot. We were still going to do the paper system. Um, we were going to do this little pilot, get all the bugs worked out, and then we'd be ready to roll the next winter. And that mm-hmm. didn't happen. So um, the first winter that we did it was, you talk about trial by fire. It, it was yeah. trying to get all of our vendors trained and signed up. And it, it was it, it was challenging, but and there was a lot of pushback by some of our old-time vendors saying, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to track us, it's big brother watching, and you know, and, and I don't, I'm not good with computers and the whole nine yards, they were threatening yeah. to quit on us and, and all kinds of stuff. But we just stuck to our guns and said, this is the way that we're going. It's going to get you guys paid faster. Um, yeah. You know, we're not, I don't care where you go. If we're not paying you, I don't care where you go. Right. Well, you know, we have to eat and we're going to take meal breaks and all of that. And they were worried about all of that stuff. It's like nothing in terms of that is going to change. We recognize that they're not robots. And once they got over that initial fear, it mm-hmm. was something different. It was a big change for all of our vendors. 
Yeah. And once we got over that initial, or they got over that initial fear, um, the last this last winter was very successful, um, and it helps us. It saves us a ton. They they have to come in and register only once. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you register the first time, it's all done through the software. Um, you register your vehicle or vehicles with us, and then the following year on the paper system, you would have to redo that all. Oh, You'd fill start out all over again. Huh? Yes, exactly. Like you were a new vendor every year. Now with the app, if you're a returning vendor and you have the same assets, and the only things that you have to update are your W-9 and insurance certificates, and that's it. Everything else on the truck is the same. You're checked in at the district garage that you apply to by our supervisors, and it's a checkbox on the on a handheld, you know, a tablet, mm. uh, or they or they can do it on their smartphone. And once they register you and you're all set, you're good to go. The first storm comes, you get an email, you get text messages that say, "Okay, Rick, I need your fleet at to report to this location at this time." And then we have a geofence around. When they enter, we, that clocks them in. We're not, when there's no more punch cards or anything. Oh wow! Yeah. And then when it's over, the same the same notification goes out. And so um, we know exactly what time every vendor starts and what time every vendor is off the clock. And then that generates the the invoices, and and that's how we pay them. Hmm. So. Back to the winter of 2020, you were going to do this pilot of 10, and instead, you just did it. Yeah, we had, there was no pilot. It was, all right, roll up your sleeves, here we go. Now, I I suppose some of that was because, I mean, COVID pushed you that direction, right? I mean, with social distancing and, and, uh, you know, a, a few agencies, it was like, your state employee shouldn't be mixing with contractors and, and shared, you know, facilities and rooms and, and, you know, you know, what we did, we, you know, we treat our contractors like our own employees, right? It's, it's not like us and them. It's like, we're all out there doing winter maintenance. And, and, you know, I imagine some of that, those, those COVID things to protect the workers and keep social distancing and disinfection and all that other stuff played into that decision to just jump into it and do it. Yeah. So it, it was, uh, it was a combination of things that like we, we couldn't do the pilot and we couldn't do in-person training. We had to do it all. <laughs> it was, you know, you get, you get hundreds of people on the same zoom call and you know what that can be like, right. You know, who doesn't know how to mute themselves. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it was, it was very challenging, but WRM, the, the software um, vendor, was amazing with that, and and they their support through the whole thing. With you know, he, he was incredible. Richard Adada is his name, and and he he would be taking calls from our vendors and the you know two o'clock in the morning and um, helping them work through this stuff. So um, it was really. It was it was challenging. We made it through. We're like, okay, now we got we got our off season to get ready for another winter, and it was much better. But we still have tweaks that we're we want to put in place, and we want to be able to try and track our salt better. Um, you know, how, what's the what quantities are they getting? So the one thing that we can do now that we never had the ability to do is 
we we know how many times a truck comes into one of our yards to get loaded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that truck comes in and leaves and he's back in half an hour, well, we know something's a little <laughs> something's up with that, right? <laughs> he got rid of that load pretty quick, right? Yes, he did. So, uh, you know, that's a it's an exaggeration, but that's those are the kind of things that that the technology allows us to do. Now, do you use this for your own folks to help populate your 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 maintenance management system and and things like that, or is this just purely a a vendor asset kind of tool? Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, it started out as just for our winter vendors, and one of the things that we have to do, well, we don't have to do. We we do as a we we track the number of vendors and our own fleet that are out at any given time every hour during an event. So we have a total number of trucks on the road, total number of loaders, um, and then we have those hourly reports so that if someone calls up and say, hey, you know, it's coming down pretty heavy, what do we have out there? Like our director's office, the chief engineer will ask me those questions, mm-hmm. and we would have to do a combination of our own tracking system and the app system and then get the total. So in the number, we, we were having trouble getting those numbers to, to match up and at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the enhancements that we have asked to put our own vehicles into the system just for tracking purposes. Obviously we're not going to, um, we're not going to generate invoices for ourselves, right. but um, we, we want to have one single source for that hourly information as we go through an event. Yeah. Now, do you have like um, uh, AVL on your fleet? Is that how you're tracking your, yes. your folks? Or Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the, the smartphone, this app with the smartphone acts as an AVL for all of our vendors. Right. Because it's, it's GPS not, on it, the phone, right? Right. Now you you mentioned something that that uh, I, I jotted down. I think it was really really important. You say that through this app, they can get a text message that says, "We need you over here." Yes. So when it comes to communicating with folks, you can. It's just like built right in. You don't have to go someplace else and try to worry about how to hook up with them or or anything else. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, you know, it's there still isn't quite that hundred percent confidence in technology. So, you know, the districts will they'll send they'll do it through the app. They'll send the text message, but they'll follow up with a phone call that says, "Hey, Rick, did you get did you get my text message? I need you at." So there is that follow up, but and you know, it's it's typical with technology that the younger generations that we have out in the at the district level they're a lot more comfortable with it and if as a matter of fact the help we, we i'll call it our help desk for the app whether it's vendors or our own people um it happened to be one of our district garages that had the youngest core of supervisors yeah. working at it and they became really good at you know, using the app, they love it. And so they, they were, out. Hey, you need help? 
call these guys. <laughs> and so they were they were uh, tech people, and uh, you know, for the for the simple stuff, and, and yeah. that helped out quite a bit as well. And seeing that our own people were buying into it, it it just you know the word got out there, and it's been we've had a lot of success with it. Um, and like I said, we we were the we were the first to get it, and it was just that typical. You know, we just kind of stumbled onto it. it uh-huh. I was just like, "Hey, this, this, I, I might be able to use this." You know, it is a good tool, and and it helps us immensely. I, I can't even the the time for us to just process the initial um, the initial influx of vendors at the beginning to start the season. Who's going to be working for us and who yeah. isn't? the returning vendors is so much easier oh. well, and, and even you, signing up new vendors is just minutes. It's yeah. not a heavy lift anymore. Well, and you know, the, the thing is with all that paperwork at some point in time, it's got to get into the electronic world, right? So not only does somebody have to fill it out and check it and verify it and make sure the right boxes are, are marked and the right fields are filled out. Then it's got to get put into the computer. So it's like, it just, really saves an awful lot of steps, I would think. Yeah, it, it does. And um, we just had a meeting the other day internally on some of the things that we want to um, have added to the system. And one of them was a lot of times, you know, the cycle of insurance certificates doesn't always match up with our winter season. So our winter mm-hmm. season goes from November 15th to April 15th. That's when we, this is when we call, that's our winter operations season. And so we have to make sure that every vendor that works for us has the insurance coverage required in that window. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes they have it at the start of the window, but their cycle might end them sometime in the middle of it. We may not know that. They might renew it, but we don't know that. And if a claim comes in or something and we go to get all their insurance certificate is expired. So we're going to try to get something much like registering a vehicle with DMV. you enter in, they can upload their insurance certificate. They upload, they have the ability to upload documents in this. And um, we want to have them enter in their valid dates and then get an alert sent to us when they're within 10 days of that. So that we won't have that situation come up. So, you know, it's it's that kind of thing, right? If you build it, they will come. Well, once you start using things, you're like, wow, it'd be, well, this is great, but what if we could do this? And what if we could do that? Yeah. yeah. So when, 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 once you start thinking about, you yeah. know, it, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, when you're, when you're developing this or you're just getting started, it's, it's hard to think of all the different scenarios that are going to happen. Right. Right. And after, after you've used it a little bit, it's like, yeah, if we could only do just this other thing. Right. Yes. <laughs> so COVID forced us to change the way we do business. One of the, the negative things I think with that had happened was every, all of our district garages have what we call break rooms, right? That was like the gathering point and yeah. for all of the guys. And, and um, if there was a break in the action, they would come in, they would have their meals all together and, and, and you know, they, they developed that camaraderie within the garage. I know it sounds kind of odd, but, when you're in yeah. this racket, you, you understand, I see, you know, you, you get it. Yeah. Um, that 
kind of had to go away because we couldn't have the break rooms. And so they, you know, they kind of became mercenaries in, in that regard. I'm coming in, I'm getting in my truck, I'm going to fight the storm. And when I'm done, I'm going home. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the downsides to, to the whole thing that I'd be glad when we can get back to that because it just created a better work environment for our people. Um, now it's hard to be a team, right? Uh, you know, you, yes. you get that, that sort of team, the team feeling that that esprit de corps that, you know, I'm part of something bigger to, Oh, I'm working, you know, even though I'm not working remotely, I am working remotely. Right. It's like me and my truck, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is something that, you know, you, we go to these meetings and I, I talk to other winter maintenance professionals and, and there is, it, I thought maybe it was unique to our garages, but this is a, it, it's an interesting thing. Like there is a, a sense of pride that these these winter the truck drivers and the winter maintenance people they take pride in keeping their roads in a condition that people can get around safely with. And and uh, you know that's a that's a big part of uh, keeping keeping a, a positive work environment. And and you know it almost is like a competition, especially where districts overlap. On yeah. an interstate or something, it's like, oh, wait a minute, Rick's area is better than mine. We better step it up, guys. So <laughs> and there's a lot to be said for peer pressure. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, I can tell you with certainty, one of the things that we will never go back to is a paper system. <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee you that this that that has been the the biggest um, benefit to. I mean, it didn't begin because of COVID, but we perfected, we're not perfect yet, but, you know, we advanced it yeah. quite a bit because of COVID. Yeah, we COVID accelerated a, a lot yes, of things, it, right? It absolutely did. And um, overall, that has, you know, the vendors are much happier. This year, they'll be able to get direct deposit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Some of them still want to feel that check in their hand. But, you know, again, the majority of them, you know, hey, why do I, why? I don't want to go to the bank, just send the money to my bank, you know, yeah. so that we have that available to all of our winter vendors now. Um, you know, they sign up for it, they get it. If they still want to get checks, then, then they don't have to. But um, that is, you know, it, that's something that we uh, are certainly going to stick to. And, you know, when you think about your program there in Rhode Island, uh, what's in the future? What? What does the future hold for the winter maintenance program in Rhode Island? You got things that you're looking at, things you want to move forward, advance. I mean, we're we're always looking for uh, better ways to be, you know, more efficient. And um, one of the one of the top things is it's it's extremely difficult to to try to move away from the amount of salt that we put out on the roads. Um, it's the cheapest, very effective when, when used properly, but I'd like to see us get to a point where either through timing, and, and there's been research done on this with, with Clear Roads and um, Ashto and those things like that, and I, I think that's something that we're going to try to move toward is, is getting, getting the same level of service with putting out less materials because we have, we get a lot of well contamination cases in, in Rhode Island. So that's one of them. And um, one of the things that I was very doubtful on 
at first, but now I'm on the 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 uh, tack is you know electric vehicles. Can we can we do snow with electric vehicles? Mm-hmm. I know there's there's heavy trucks out there that are electric now, um, but can they do winter? Well, how are they going to perform in that kind of an environment? And you know it, it, that's a that's an interesting thing and and i think a direction that maybe we'll get there maybe we won't but we at this point it's we just don't know but i think that you know getting if if looking into the possibilities of that is something that interests me a lot um well i think we're gonna we're gonna have to get answers to those questions you know yeah Uh, yeah yeah it's uh you know i don't you hear the you hear all the, the 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 horror stories about how evs do not like cold weather well (laughs) we function in cold weather and and we function in cold weather under pretty severe loadings right right on on the equipment on the on the power sources and things like that so it'll be it'd be interesting um but yeah i mean it's uh who knows you know maybe 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 the next phone call i get it'd be someone wanting to find out how they can use a different kind of technology. And I'll be like, Oh, wait a minute. We yeah. could use that. <laughs> yeah, let me think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I understand that you might be eyeing retirement. <laughs> you know, you've oh. been such a fixture at, yeah. at clear roads and in the winter maintenance community. It's just hard to imagine <laughs> that. Yeah, I've I've uh, I'll be hitting the end of this year. I'll be hitting 38 years of service with the Rhode Island DOT, and um, I came down and started getting involved in winter maintenance back in 2011. And I can say with <laughs> the utmost confidence and that this by far has been the best assignment that I have ever had in my state career. I love. And it's not, I don't just do winter maintenance. I'm all things maintenance. I know a lot of states have that winter maintenance pe- person, but we, we do everything. And, uh, you know, it's it's the, the people and I, I just love the environment. I love the work and, and working with the people. But it's, yeah, 30, 38 years a long time. And uh, it's, 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 getting, it's getting to that point where I'll say, all right, well, you know what? Maybe I'll try something different. So. Well, Joe, I, I want to, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be lots of, lots of uh, ceremonies in your future, but I want to be, I want to be one of the first to thank you for all those years, for those 38 years of service, not only to the citizens of, of Rhode Island, but for the transportation community in large, you know, we've, we've worked together on a lot of different things through the Committee on Maintenance, you mentioned through Clear Roads, and, you know, the the kinds of things the, the energy and and innovation that you bring to the table, it, you know, is top notch, and and um, I'm glad to have have worked with you. and And I'm sure you're not going to go away. Uh, I'm sure you're still going to be around there, and our paths are going to cross in the future. But well, uh, I hope so. And thank you for that. Yeah, it, it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, I'm not done yet. So we'll. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. But, you know, for- if, if you're not leaving till the end of the year, you might as well just stick around through the winter. Well, that's the uh, – and therein lies the rub. I don't know, man. I don't know if I've got another winter in me. <laughs> well, you know, I guess you could look at it 
you know, you, your, your successor, you know, you could bring them on board and say, okay, uh, uh, I'm going to let you take it, but you know, I'm here, uh, up until, <laughs> right. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for being on Psychop Talks Winter Ops. I appreciate it. Oh, I've, I've waited a long time for this, Rick. I've been waiting for this invitation for a long time. So, um, well, I'm glad um, we caught you before you retired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> As always, if there's a topic you'd like more information on, or if you've got somebody you know who's got an interesting story like Joe that you'd like us to visit with, send me an email at rnelson at ashto.org and we'll do our best to make it happen. Psychop Talks Winter Ops is available on all the major podcast content providers, just about any place you go for your podcasts. Give us a like and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. In addition, you can find episodes on our Facebook page, Ashto Psychop, and on our website, psychop.transportation.org. Support for Psychop comes from state DOTs like Rhode Island, who make an annual contribution of $4,000. It's because of those states that Psychop Talks Winter Ops and other resources to help you achieve your winter maintenance mission are possible. Lastly, just so you know, the contents of Psychop Talk Winter Ops are intended for general information purposes as a public service. Reference to any specific product or entity you might hear about on this podcast doesn't constitute an endorsement or a recommendation by Psychop or Ashto. Until next time, thanks for listening in and stay safe out there.